when you are switching and, and, and pivoting, you need to switch the propaganda in your life. Meaning, what are you listening to? What books are you reading? And who are you around? So in order for me to even switch gears and start getting into the mode of thinking in this realm of a product, right, of branding for a a, a physical product, I had to start listening to different podcasts. So I started listening to how I built this. I started listening to founders. I, you know, before that, I really didn't listen to that. I listened to more like, um, people who did different online things. I listened to like motivational things, spiritual things, because I wanted to teach those things. So I needed to be constantly fueling that pipeline. Well, now the pipeline is changing, right? We're rerouting. So we need to start fueling our mind in this very creative as a, a founder, a brand, a product. So my podcast switched. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. Let me tell you, if I were to name off all the accomplishments of my guest today, well, we'd be here for quite some time. Her name is Lori Harder, and she's no stranger to the show. However, it's been a while, so I'm excited to have her back on. Lori is a leading expert in the fitness and mindfulness world. She's built multi-million dollar businesses, that's plural, and she's an experienced entrepreneur. She's an author podcast host, and has online courses, a membership, and that's just scratching the surface. Lori is also launching a sparkling rosé line called Light Pink. Now, today, we're going to have some fun and talk about some moments in her entrepreneurial journey. And also, I'm going to talk about how she stays so positive, especially when it gets so hard because we know it gets difficult on this journey, right? And I'm going to talk to her about how she gets into that inspired creation mode and her tips for building a massively successful business. And of course, we're going to talk about her physical product, that light pink sparkling rosé, and all the lessons she's learned from her latest venture. And I know on this podcast, we talk all things list building, digital courses, webinars, and everything in between. But I know many of you have your eyes set eventually on a physical product. And so I asked Lori a lot of questions on how she got into that space and what it's looked like and what she's done. And I think you're going to find a lot of value from what she shares. So this episode is jam-packed with so much insight and nuggets that you'll be able to use right away. So join us for this fun conversation and help me welcome Lori Harder. Hey there, Lori. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. I am so excited to be here. I literally was looking forward to this all morning. 
I was too. I'm so excited to talk to you. You have so many new things happening, like a lot of cool stuff. I mentioned it in the in the intro, but tell us a little bit about like what's going on in your world these days. Oh my gosh, major pivots, Amy. Um, <laughs> yes. So, but it's it's kind of finding yourself in that place where you are um, pivoting into something that you have never done before in your life, but also simultaneously having the realization that you are at the intersection of all of your skill sets and really learning and seeing how your skill sets can be applied to anything if you have the right people around you. So, with that said, I have switched from. Um, writing books, doing personal development, doing events, um, a lot of, you know, female empowerment, things like that. I still have my podcast. I still actually might write a book, but I'm pivoting into the beverage industry. So consumer packaged goods and it is completely new. I'm doing a non-alcoholic rose, um, spritz and I'm also doing a rose spritz alcoholic version. So it is fully female funded, um, which is very, very rare. And I can talk all about that journey and how incredibly crazy it was and all of the myths about raising money. And oh my gosh, like the things I thought that I needed and what I needed to know and the fear around it and all of the things. And it is completely different. Never done anything like this before. It's definitely a male dominated industry and just lots of very interesting roadblocks, bumps, but also just so many things that we can do to reimagine different industries and how I have taken personal development and really put uh, female empowerment, personal development, and so much education around creating this company. So it's been really fun, really scary, hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm in the middle of it right now. So I'm in the messy middle. That's why I was so excited for the timing of this podcast, because I think it's so important to share what the middle feels like. Okay. I'm so glad we're doing this now as well. I want to get like right to it and talk about this. So first of all, what's the idea behind Light Pink? Why are you doing this? How did it come to be? And like why it's a physical product in, an, you know, when I talk to a lot of people who are creating digital courses, are in the info space, but they also might want to do something totally different down the road or add to their product suite. And so talk to me about why light pink? What came from this? Like, give me all the details. So light pink came from a few different places. And I'm really excited to share this with you because you'll totally get it. And all of your people are going to love this. It's probably somewhere they found themselves or are going to find themselves. I, it, I had reached a place in my journey where for the way that I had grown up and the goals that I had set for myself, I actually went further than I thought I would ever go. I came from a family who we didn't even, you know, college wasn't um, like talked about or pushed. It was, I came from a very religious background. So it was really all about dedicating your life to a religion, which is fantastic for some people. But I had a lot of these big dreams and big ideas and big visions that didn't necessarily align with the way that I was raised. So with that said, it was like, College was, ne was never pushed. I didn't even graduate from high school. I was homeschooled from high school. So for me to be able to have written a book, have a women's event for nine years that has thousands of people attend, uh, have a podcast with you know 30 million downloads, have all of these different things. I, I got to this place. It was 20, I think it was tw end of or 2019. And I was like, I've never, I had just gotten done with my book tour and I had never dreamt past that place. And 
I hit this moment where I was like, okay, this was all amazing. And I also had a moment of realizing that in my mid twenties, I didn't get, you know, I didn't have the friends that I wanted. I wasn't getting the attention that I wanted. And I realized really quickly in my twenties that achievement equaled love and achievement equaled attention. And I got very addicted to achievement. Whoa. (laughs) So I was in a place where I did not like dream past where I was. And I was also in a place where I was really burnt out and I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I was like, if I don't do something right now, even though I don't know what it is that I want to be doing, maybe I should just do this over here because she's doing that. Or maybe I should just write another book because that'll keep me relevant, right? I was in this place where these really honest conversations were needing to come out because I was just hitting an emotional wall. I was exhausted. I was starting to feel depressed and I wasn't talking about it because I felt ashamed because my life looked really great on the outside. And for me, it was like, oh my gosh, number one, I think I just need to take some time off and start to figure things out. Number two, I started to write a list of what I wanted my day-to-day life to look like. Because even though I had done these things that I had dreamed about, my day-to-day life of writing a book was isolating. It was really lonely. I was creating courses by myself. I was writing books by myself. And I was like, you know, I am writing a book about telling people to find their tribe and how to collaborate. I'm getting these groups of women together at these events and saying, you can't leave here without finding your friends. And I'm making them do all these exercises so that they come together. And then I'm not doing anything to really support myself and make sure that I'm connecting and collaborating, getting that soul time and that time with people. And that was like, one of the top priorities for me was the next thing that I do, I want to make sure it is with people so that I'm not just with people, you know, sometimes or speaking on stages, but I'm actually working with them, like collaborating, ideating, like side by side with other big thinkers. So I didn't just want it to be, you know, people that you were helping. I wanted it to be with someone who could also nurture my ideas. So that was number one. Number two, I was like, okay. I want something that is fun. Actually, fun might have been number one, if I'm being really honest. (laughs) And I I had been neglecting a part of me for a really long time that I thought, and I didn't realize that I even was thinking this, I think because of the, um, you know, thinking that you have to be educated to get anywhere, thinking that you need to be taken seriously, thinking that now that I'm in the personal development world, that maybe I need to be more serious or more spiritual or more whatever, you know, maybe I need more crystals. I didn't know what I needed (laughs) for me. For me, I was like, okay, you know what? My, my like North star has always been fun. Like I learn better with fun. I I'm happier with fun. I really believe that you can have fun in your everyday life. And I was like, I kind of put myself in a place where fun wasn't like the number one thing for me. And so with that said, I'm like, well, what's fun? So I started asking myself that question. What's fun? And I was like, well, I like drinking champagne with my friends. That's fun. And then I was like, that's stupid. You could never, ever like, what are you going to do? Have an alcohol company? And I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I was like, but what would that look like? And then I started thinking, you know, I have always wanted in every business or always connected women. And when I wrote my book, it was called A Tribe Called Bliss. And it was all about connecting women. It actually taught you how to have your own book club and connect really deeply. It goes into all these questions that breaks 
uh, through the surface level. And while the book did well, it didn't do as well as I wanted because I was asking, I really wanted it to get into the mainstream woman to like really teach her that what she needs is to connect with other people in order for your dreams to happen. Like it's so much easier. It's faster. It's more fun when you do it together. And you know, Amy, that there was like a whole decade where it was really about the solopreneur. Like you did things alone. You figured it out by yourself for the most part. So I was kind of coming out of that as well. And that's what the book was about. And then I had this moment of putting two and two together of, wait a minute, mainstream women think that connecting is like girls night or, you know, why night? I did like, let's go out, let's have a glass of wine, except I was going to these, you know, going out for the evening or I was going to these networking events and I was always leaving just feeling like kind of disconnected surface level conversation. And maybe I drank too much or I was like, dang it, why isn't there something that's lighter? That's a little bit more like I can be more social during the week because I lived in LA at the time too. And it's like, can't keep up with like all of these networking things. And that's when the idea came that I, I, I thought, okay, this is absolutely crazy. But what if I did a lighter drink that was freaking delicious because I wanted to like shout in this restaurant. I was in this one time drinking. It was like vodka soda and lime. And I was like, does anybody actually like this? Is this <laughs> actually taste good? Cause I don't think so. Like, w- would you actually be drinking that if like hangovers or calories didn't exist? Like, tell me the truth. Yes. So, so that was the moment where I was like, why aren't they making things that taste good? And why don't they have the non-alcoholic wine that tastes really good? That's light. And then why don't they have something that teaches women or teaches us, like gives us questions on how to get past the surface level. And we can like blame the can and get better answers, which will create better opportunities because I'm over here listening to my husband do all of these like business deals over cocktails with guys. And he's not ashamed to ask the crazy questions or like think really big. And I was like, how do I bring this into all of my friend groups? And I just started playing with this idea and I let myself sit in it for like six months before I actually said yes. But that is where the idea came from of how can I interact with mainstream women and what they think connecting is and what they think drinking cocktails means to them. And how can we disrupt that and make this a way more elevated experience while bringing female investors in and giving them ownership of something where they actually help collaborate with the brand and make it their own and incorporate it into their brands. And they can also use this, you know, they can now have these different ways to interact with the cocktail at their events and their things. Wow. Like this is a big deal. This is something you've never done this. You're taking this to a whole nother level. You know, as I'm hearing you talk about this and talk about your, your book and your podcast and what you've done in the past and what you're doing now, I can't help but wonder. You've had experience growing multi-million dollar businesses, but in such a different way. So what have you learned in the online space that you're going to be using in this physical product space? Oh my gosh, community. Yes. If you, you, I have been building, people are like, when is this freaking brand coming out? You've been talking about it for a year. I'm like, yes, I've been building a community without. So we have a community without an actual product. And I think this is so important for people to hear. Like the number one thing that I would ever do if I lost everything and had to start over is I would just build a community built on core values. You actually don't need a product. You don't need a course yet. You don't need anything else. You can just 
create a community and start talking about core values that you believe in and different ideas um, that you can do around these core values. And I think that this is the number one thing that I have learned and I already see it. The product does not even exist yet. It's coming out in January or February. And with that, with that, it's like we already have this incredible community built on core values of, um, you know, connecting and collaborating and having women learn about investing in what that looks like and what it really means to support women with your dollar. And, you know, there's a reason why women only get three under 3% of all venture capital to support their dreams, like less than 3% of all of that money goes to women. So the only way, and this is one of the core values that I built community on, the only way that I see this really changing is if women start funding each other's dreams and we start rallying around that. And that is really what we've built this vision on is just better connection, more collaboration. How do we create more opportunity within our own communities? And how do we put our money where our mouth is by supporting women with our money so that the dreams can can really happen? And now it's become a goal for people who have never even thought of investing. They're like, oh my God, I want to help fund somebody else's dream. Like that's going to be my goal. That's going to be something that really drives me. So we've created this community. That's one of the biggest things that we've taken from this. And that's how your product is going to get out. That's whether it's a course, whether it's an actual tangible product. Um, but we are doing everything with community first. And we learned, especially I just had an investor's dinner um, that just created so much buzz and so many people talking about light pink and getting the brand out there before it even exists. And this was the moment where I was like, you know what? You support your community and you ask what they need and you pour everything you can into that. And that supports your vision. It was just like, I knew this, but seeing it also with the tangible product of support the people who like are already in your community, even if it's small, and that's how you're going to grow. And that's how this is just, it's going to get out to everyone. Okay. So that reminds me. So you talked earlier about all female investors. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I wanna talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. 
They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. What did that look like? Is that what you set out to do in the first place? Like I know really nothing about investing in things like this. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I knew nothing about it either. Okay. My husband uh, had started getting into investing. So then I was starting to get in on some of the conversations. But if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, it was like all Greek to me. But I was excited about some of the companies and some of the products that we were investing in. And so my ears started to perk up when I started just learning about um, just the money that was involved. Well, I had all of these girlfriends who are extremely successful. I have friends with six-figure businesses, seven-figure businesses, and going on up from there. But the conversations in my world were starting to bubble up of, I'm exhausted. I don't know if I can do this the rest of my life. And I'm listening to my husband's, you know, because it was very service-based. And that meant that they had to be involved in it, whatever they were doing. And they were like, I don't know if I can keep showing up in this way, except I don't know what else to do. So while I'm I'm eavesdropping and inviting myself to dinners with my husband's friends, who are these epic men, um, just so, so graceful to just like, you know, answer all of my questions, be excited that I'm asking questions, be excited that a woman is like, you know, coming into their dinners, which was amazing, and learning about investing. And I had this moment of, wow, if you want to make that impact money, not that the numbers that I had said before is not like impact money, but if you want to make the really big impact money where you don't also have to keep showing up over and over, that is either starting a company or learning how to invest in companies. And it was just this moment of, wait, none of my girlfriends are having this conversation. None of them. And I thought, why are we not having these conversations? And I'm like, well, none of us know. We don't know this. Like we're not getting invited into these circles. So I had this moment of, oh my gosh, it, it literally brought me to my knees. I remember I was walking through my house just randomly, you know, thinking about the day and light pink had already started kind of coming to life. I was, I was learning about how to build a deck and all of this stuff and getting, a, getting a lot of asking for a lot of help, getting a lot of help along the way. Cause I knew nothing. And I was walking down my hallway into my office and I literally like dropped to my knees. Have you had those moments where you get a download that is like such a universe or God moment and that yeah. you just, I fell to my knees and started crying because I uh, was like, it's going to be all women. And I just started crying. Like uh, it's going to be all women. Now there were no women around. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you felt it, but you had no idea how this was going to happen. And I was like, I don't even know who these women are. Like, oh my gosh. And I knew I had to raise $2 million. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't even know how to raise $2 million. Like, that's a nice thought. But I was like, what is, what's that conversation? How do you set this up? How do you structure it? What do you need? And it, it was, it was very clear to me though, because I had talked to a couple guys about it. I had done like some early pitching before I had my stuff together. And it was pretty disastrous. Um, <laughs> it was oh. pretty bad. Uh, not only was I not put together with a thought, cause I was very, you know, in my other business, I, I could really, run on a lot of soul. I knew how to paint visions. I knew that that was a gift as well. Like I was a really good enroller. I think a lot of people listening, if you're a creative and you probably, you know, do courses and different things like that, you probably are someone who's very passionate. You really know how to enroll, which by the way, that's all you need to get started. If you're a really good enroller and storyteller, you can do anything. You can raise whatever amount of money that you want and everyone else can help you. Trust me, you can hire everyone I did. So with that said, it was just this moment of, it's going to be all women. I just need to get the help. Um, you know, the, the, the men that I was telling about my vision were not getting it. They didn't understand why I would go into such a saturated market. They thought I was crazy. And they didn't understand the concept of like elevating this category and changing the conversation and having a lighter drink. They were like, well, why wouldn't you just have like a vodka soda? And I was like, cause that tastes like crap. <laughs> I don't want that. And I want something that looks aesthetically beautiful. It needs to look like an accessory. It needs to be something you're really excited about. It needs to be a brand. We get so intentional with our brands. Like Amy, I could go to your house right now. I could go into your bathroom or your kitchen and be like, why'd you buy this brand? And you'd be like, let me tell you why. Oh yeah. And, and you can't say that about your wine. You're like, um, had a pretty bottle. Yeah. Yes, totally. But what's behind it? What if you walked in somewhere and you know that 54 women invested, maybe half who had never invested before, and they learned and they educated um, all of their groups of women. And now this was something that was like changing the way they were thinking about where they put their money and how they fund other women. It's like, yeah, I'm going to buy that thing that also gives back to other women. So I thought, wow, we get so intentional with so many things, but we're not intentional with our alcohol. And we also, please give me a good non-alcoholic option. Like, please. Where is that? So that's that's how that all started. Okay, I want to just point out the fact that you uh, and you really—I'm sure you're not lying. So you really <laughs> knew nothing about how to get investors into a company. Like you had to figure that all out from the very bottom. Yes, there are people who help you with this. I didn't know that. Who knew? Oh my god! Right. So I we had invested in a company called Outstanding Foods and a gentleman named Bill Glazer, who I actually met in Lewis Howe's mastermind years ago. He was amazing. We became friends. Chris was really good friends with him. And so I knew that he was, was I think he was like in year two of his company. And, you know, we were kind of getting the investor updates and different things like this. So I was like following that journey, but no, that's, that was it. That's all I knew about it. I knew I liked eating his snacks. That's about where that ended. And um, from there, I uh, just said, Hey, Bill, you know, could we ever go to lunch um, and talk about how I can start, you know, fundraising and what that even looks like? And I sat down and said to him, I'm like, look, I was like a D student in math. I have a story in my head that I'm terrible with numbers. Like this is the story I need to overcome. Yes, I can relate. Oh my gosh. That's been my story my entire life. I'm bad with numbers. Like I would never be able to do that because everyone says, know your numbers. And if you don't, then you're never going to be successful. And I'm like the last person who feels like they're on top of that. 
And he was like, Lori, you hire people and you just know like your very important numbers. You stay on top of that, but other people can get those together for you. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, nobody's given me that permission before. So he connected me with an attorney who helps you structure your entire business. It was a woman. He's like, this is the woman I use. I'm like, it's a woman. This is freaking amazing. And so right from the beginning, I think the most important thing that I did was I was vulnerable with everyone. So my attorney's name was Caroline. She is incredible. I went into her office. I was so intimidated. I said, I've never done this before. You know, I have incredible skill sets over here. I'm going to have to do a lot of work over here because I don't have this. And she's like, great. I see this all the time with founders. You're even further ahead than most guys who come in here. So great. I was like, what? So my goodness, these are the conversations that we need to be having is because we don't think we're ahead. And if you have a vision and you have passion, you're probably ahead of a lot of people. And so, you know, some people come in with just an idea that is not even like they haven't flushed through the concept. They have no clue, like what community they're, they don't know. Like, it's actually quite amazing how much they don't know. And I want that to be permission to people who might have an idea that's pretty clear to them that you're actually already pretty far ahead of people who start. Like, I need people to understand that people who start and start companies, you might be even more ahead of them because sometimes they start without even like the actual flushed out idea. So when I was sitting there, um, I said, okay, I'm going to ask you a lot more questions than the average person because I literally don't know what you're saying. Like you just said that sentence and I didn't understand one word. So you're going to need to back it up and we're going to have to do this again. So part of this mission with wanting to educate women, aka me first, so that I could help to start teaching I knew that it was going to be more time consuming. And what I didn't know is that it would cost me more money to raise money from people who had never invested before, meaning that all of their questions that they would ask on the back end with the paperwork or, you know, with things they didn't understand, that's billed hourly to your attorney. And if you don't understand things, your attorney goes over it with them, but you get charged. So you end up paying, you end up paying more money to raise money from people who don't have never invested before or who don't understand certain things. But that was so important to me. And I think that this is something I want people to know is that it might cost you more to raise money from your diehards, from women, from your community, from people who haven't invested, but you just build that into your plan because it's going to matter later. When you have your diehards own something that they are passionate about and where they are also breaking patterns in the world and changing things for their family, their life, and their audience, you will have people who run through a wall for you instead of people who are like, eh, yep, great, I'll invest. Sounds like a great opportunity. And I think this is going to be the way that we turn the tides as women to invest in each other is when we really believe in something to take that time to know, even though it costs me more to raise money, meaning out of the 2 million I don't get to use all of that, obviously, for the company because I had to invest about 75 or 100 grand into raising money. So some people are like, whoa, that's a lot. But it's built into your plan if you know that ahead of time. So I think that's really eye-opening to know that someone is going to be there every step of the way, like right down to, oh my God, you guys, I, I, I booked a call with somebody who's excited about the brand. What do I say? Like, how do I paint this vision? And they're like, okay, here's what this looks like. You get on a call, they're going to ask you, okay, tell me about the vision, you know, and then you can tell them what you're looking for in an investor. You can uh, just literally walk through your deck and kind of read the deck the first time. And they're like, look, the only way to start is to start. What's going to happen is they're going to all start asking the same questions. You're going to not know any of them. 
the first call. You're going to feel super dumb. And then you're going to say, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I'm going to get it for you by tomorrow. And so that was my answer to everything. And that's how I started learning along the way. So the first call, I knew nothing. I was like, I don't know the answer yet. Here's what I have. Here's what I know, but I'll get you that answer by tomorrow. And then six months in, I was like, oh my God, I only didn't know one thing. Uh, This is crazy. And then, you know, and sometimes I got on calls where people would come on and I was on a couple calls, by the way, I freaking love men. I'm obsessed with them. But I had a couple calls where the wives would invite the men on. And it was like, I feel like maybe they were just asking me questions just to like, you know, questions that I would never know the answer to. And I was like, Oh, my God, this is like the most uncomfortable call of my entire life. So like, no, 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 she's not investing in you. And I was like, Oh, this is why we have to change this. Like, this is why I have to learn. Um, Because I want women to be able to make that decision because they know about it. Not because they have to ask, you know, is this a good decision or not? Like my goal in life, is to have a woman on a call and be like, no, I can, I totally understood that. I can go off my gut or I can go off of what I believe, or I can go off of what I, I, you know, know, or have learned about this industry or whatever that is, because, you know, I'm still in a place where I, I feel like I need to like check in and do, does this make sense or how does this work? So I really, really think that educating around these opportunities, if it is something you're uh, interested in, is going to be the way that we get more of our dreams out there and that we get to become a part of the things we truly are passionate about and support the things we're really passionate about. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love that you're sharing this because I just want anybody who's listening that wants to do something you've never done before, like you have literally no idea how to make something work. I want Lori to be proof that you can figure it out, that there are people that will help you, that you can learn along the way. You don't have to have it all figured out before you start going forward. So I just appreciate you sharing this because it's so cool that you were in one area of your expertise and you've moved to something dramatically different. You were able to raise over $2 million. I mean, that's the coolest thing ever. And that you wanted to focus on female investors, which I absolutely love. So while you were talking, I was thinking with your line Light Pink launching, there's got to be some serious like creation mode time. And I wanted to talk about some routines for getting into that inspired creation mode type headspace because it was so very different than what you've done before. So can you share some insight about how to get into that creation mode in order to create something new like this? Oh my God, I love this question. Okay, so (laughs) when you are switching and, and, and pivoting, you need to switch the propaganda in your life. Meaning, what are you listening to? What books are you reading? And who are you around? So in order for me to even switch gears and start getting into the mode of thinking in this realm of a product, right, of branding for a a, a physical product, I had to start listening to different podcasts. So I started listening to how I built this. I started listening to founders. I, you know, before that, I really didn't listen to that. I listened to more like, um, people who did different online things. I listened to like motivational things, spiritual things, because I wanted to teach those things. So I needed to be constantly fueling that pipeline. Well, now the pipeline is changing, right? We're rerouting. So we need to start fueling our mind in this very creative as a, a founder, a brand, a product. So my podcast switched. 
I wouldn't let myself listen to anything but founder stories, product stories, or like brand stories, different things that could really add value or help me to start thinking in terms of that. I actually started hanging around different people. So I did this when I went from um, just being more of like online courses. And when I wanted to write a book, I actually started hanging around or trying to get more into masterminds where there were authors or people, people doing things like that, because I needed to learn about that world. And so I started switching now to people for right now, of course, I still hang out with other people, but I do a lot or I spend a lot of my time or I reach out to a lot of people who are founders of products. Um, I reach out to people who have sold companies before because I want to start thinking with the end in mind. I want to know what that journey looked like. I start reaching out to people who have you know brands that are like obsession worthy that people are just can't get enough of. Um, so I fill my pipeline, everything I re- I'm reading books all about, you know, products and how to launch and all of these different things, the, the messy middle, actually reading that book all, you know, all about the middle of the journey. So that is one of the ways that I get into that creative space. And for me, it's always been moving my body. So I get I'm really rooted in um, rituals. And so for me, I will notice that if I go for a run or a walk with a podcast uh, from somebody talking about their business, their company or their brand or how they built it, I get so many ideas. I like the number of texts that I shoot off on my walk or run to my, um, (laughs) to my team. They're just like, Oh shit, she's on a run right now. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's so random or I'll leave a voice note. Oh my God, you guys, this is literally what we're going to do next. And so that's my biggest thing. And it, it happens like, you know, well, I go every single day, but it's probably something that's crazy like that, like very inspired three to four times a week where I just, you, you can't help but get ideas when you put together moving your body and listening to something inspiring. Okay. I'm so glad I asked this question. I didn't know what your answer was going to be. And that is so brilliant. When you're venturing into a new area of your life in business, then you want to show up differently. What you're listening to, what you're reading, the people you surround yourself, that needs to change if you're making this big pivot and changing things up. That is brilliant advice. Someone right now is like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So I'm so glad you shared that. And one thing I've noticed about you, and I know this about you personally, is that you have a really great positive attitude. You're really fun to be around because you're always looking at what's good and, and, and how to, how to stay positive, even when it gets hard. And I can only imagine that you've had some challenging days along this journey of creating this amazing product. So talk to me about like, what do you do on those challenging days? How are you keeping this great attitude? Oh man. I mean, if I'm being so real right now, like I am in a, I I just came out of a, a fairly like, let's just be real, real, real dark place, like really dark. A meeting I struggled. So you raised $2 million. It's very exciting. And then you realize the weight of raising $2 million. And I think this is something I also want to make sure I want to be the permission to women to know that raising money is, it's not now you have an obligation to like, Oh my gosh, now I'm obligated to give that money back. What if I fail? Oh my God, I can't do this. And then you create from a place of fear and that cuts off all great things. And so I went back to Bill Glazer when I was having a freaking meltdown, the one who initially helped me raise money. And I was like, Oh my God, the pressure. 
is so intense. And, you know, you make up stories in your head, like, they're going to be disappointed. I did this. Oh my God, I failed on this. I can't tell them this. And the more transparent you are, trust me, it's better. (laughs) Most of the time your investors are just like, great. I probably would have screwed that up too. I'm just, let's keep going. And he said to me, he's like, okay, here's how you have to look at it. Here's how we all look at it. He's like, you are doing all of the work to provide them with an opportunity that they have not created for themselves. That even if they don't get their money back, they have learned and they got to be a part of something so big. And he's like, I don't think about it. He was like, I literally don't think about it. I don't stress about it. I just, I just keep moving. And I know the vision was given to me and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, whoa, what? (laughs) Yes. Wow. Like that was freedom. And I tap back into that all the time because I'm like, it can be that easy. And I don't want to keep saying the male female thing, but I've been in these circles where they're like, why do you feel pressure? And I'm like, uh, cause I don't want to disappoint all these women. And they're like, you can't raise my, like, you can't fulfill your dream like that. Like, you're not going to be able to do it. They're like, it's a great opportunity for them. And I don't want to make it like, ah, who cares? Cause obviously you care. You need to get back to the place of freeing yourself up enough and relieving the pressure. And so I was just in a room talking to mastermind and a girl, um, was about to go into a raise. And she was like, do I need to, you know, what do I need to give these women for investing? How do I make sure that they're happy? And I was like, you don't, this is not how men raise money. They raise the money off of the vision that they have painted. They don't feel like they have to give them oodles of things or buy them gifts or do any of these things because it's a business opportunity. And that's what it should be for us as women going into this as well. So if you want to do those things, great. We can release the pressure and know that this is it. You are providing them with an opportunity to potentially make a lot of money back or make none back. It's it's knowing that this is something that they have invested in you. And that that comes from the main conversation that you have with them. Every conversation I ended with for Light Pink, I said, you know that investing in a startup is one of the most high-risk things that you can invest in, right? Yes, all across the board. And I said, okay, you may not ever get your money back again. Okay, great. You know what that did for me? It relieved me of so much pressure. And it also weeded the people out who were like, "Mm, don't think this is for me, or I want my return in three years. And you're like, there are no promises in a startup, especially in this world. Like what I thought I was launching with, I thought I was, girl, I thought I was launching with eight flavors. And that's before you actually understand the industry. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, (laughs) oh, you're saying each SKU costs $100,000 $100,000 or $200,000. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So these are the things that you're like, hey, uh, tail between legs, new plan, launching with only two flavors. And don't know if we're actually ever going to do other flavors because let's just get our arms around these. So, so many things are going to change. And the initial vision that you launch with, you're like, but, but now I have to change it. And they give me their money based off this vision, these eight flavors, and someone wants the lemon and I don't have the lemon. You're, it's like ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Okay, this is this. Okay, first of all, you're going to get really thick skin through this. And I think like, that's one of the best things you could ever have. And I would like a lot more of that. (laughs) And also, I appreciate you sharing that you went into a dark place once you raised the money. Because I recently shared on my podcast that I recently got a really big book deal. And I went into a dark Mm. place of 
I don't deserve all this money. What if I can't deliver on this? Maybe they made a mistake. I better write some really amazing words on this page (laughs) because what I'm writing right now is crap based on the book deal. And so it was a scary thing and I had to come out of it too, but it took a moment. So I think those moments, they happen more often if you're willing to take risks and do big things. They're just going to happen. Yes. And you know what? I totally didn't even answer your main question. But the thing that I do is I rely on my network and meaning like the women in my life. I've never tapped into my friends this much in my entire life. And whenever I I get to that place, and a lot of times it's been in the morning for me, like it's been kind of hard in the mornings lately because I feel a lot of anxiety. So I'm like, okay, do your rituals you know, cause I'm all the list builds up, right? Like the, what ifs or wow, this didn't work out again. Oh my God. How did this fall through for the six months in a row? How have we not found this yet? Like really crazy things that you don't know, especially if you're in a new industry, like, I guess this is normal in manufacturing, but I didn't know that. So with that said, it's like, I'll text like SOS text. I've said to friends, I'm like, I need you right now. I'm going to send you some SOS texts or some voice notes And all I need is like a voice note back. Or if I sound crazy, like maybe you need to force me on a call or a run, or we need to go like you need to force me out of the house and we need to go talk because I am using them probably two to three times a week. And I'm talking to my husband, we're going on walks every single day and we're doing, we do something called the power nine. It's three gratitudes, three excited fours, three manifests. Um, And that gets a lot of my like, anxieties and kind of like worry and troubles out. But I I love my husband more than anything. But I am absolutely also needing to talk to women in this industry or women doing big things because they we tend to we tend to carry a little bit more or feel a little bit more and need to process out loud a little more. So I'm really tapping into my women who are like you doing really big things, just got a big book deal that now feels like a lot of pressure. And it's like, what do we need to work through? What what childhood wound is coming back up for you right now that you need to talk yes. about? <laughs> You're so right. Oh, I love that. And talking to your community and that I have a few good friends that I will always go to. And, and I had to make an effort to have those friendships. Yes. I had to show up in the way that I wanted them to show up for me. And so I think, I think you do have to make an effort to have those few core friends that you can go to. Yes. And I love that you said that, Amy, because I I didn't know how to like be a friend before this. I was very, uh, I was that friend who's like, hey girl, you know me, like we can see each other only once every six months and we can drop right back in and we're great friends. And while those are great to have, and I absolutely love those kind of friends, the no maintenance friends, it's actually like, you kind of need to start checking in with each other because no maintenance, when you both need like no maintenance, you're probably not getting the maintenance you need. You're probably in breakdown mode. So it's like check in with your low to no maintenance friends because they're probably like their check engine light has been on for six months and they're like, I'm fine. Run through (laughs) and they're not okay. They're okay. Uh, I've talked about this many times, but Jasmine Starr is one of my Uh, check-in regularly friends. Isn't she amazing? Love her. We'll do it like several times a week voice text. And when, if let's say a week goes by, one of us is like, Hey, haven't heard from you. Give me an update. And we're constantly encouraging that because we know if, if time goes by, you're like, you said that check engine light has probably been on a little bit too long. Yep. Uh, I love that. I, I encourage everyone to find a few of those friends. Okay. So 
I've got just a few more questions for you. And one of the questions is totally in left field, I feel like, but my podcast producer said, you got to ask her about one of her most embarrassing moments as an (laughs) entrepreneur. I don't even know what that's about, but I'm like, all right, I'll ask her. So what is this one of your most embarrassing moments about? Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) Do you know what she's talking about? I have so many. No, I don't know exactly what she's talking about unless she knows one um, that I've mentioned. (laughs) I, oh my goodness. I mean, I have one where I quoted someone who was not a great person to quote at all. And I didn't know who this person was because I didn't graduate from high school, not using that as an excuse, but I, (laughs) and I can't say who it was, but it was on a podcast and I always love quotes. And I like did this quote and I'm like, isn't this a great quote? And I'm not even saying who it is. That's how bad this person is. And someone, someone messaged me and they're like, um, you might want to take that down because that person is like, like historically not a great person. Like everybody knew this. I Googled it. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like quoting this person. Like it's this great quote. And, um, I got a few people who started messaging me and I was like mortified, like mortified. So tried to take, you know how it takes a little bit sometimes for the podcast to go down. And then if someone's already subscribed, they have that particular episode. So for about a week, I wanted to die because it was real, real bad. So that's, that's one of them. That would be that would be a rough one. I'm pretty sure I have misspoken in so many different ways that I'm like, ooh, can we just cut that out? And especially when you're willing to do live, different live videos, or you're willing to do podcasts or willing to get interviewed, you will absolutely say the wrong thing. And I think we all have been there or will have been there. It's a great reminder that we're just not going to get this right, but we still got to keep showing up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You were just reminding me that I, I had recorded also like a very personal conversation on the end of a podcast and forgot to hit on record. Um, and that one went out as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's, I've done, I've done moments where things have been recorded that I didn't think were being recorded and I just kind of wanted to die. Yep. Uh, I'm, I have a recording studio for video and podcasts. Like I'm here right now. And now when my husband Hobie comes in here and he's so inappropriate, he will say like the most naughty things sometimes and he'll come in and I'll be like, don't say a word. I have no idea if equipment is on or not, but just don't talk in here. Oh my God. And we all have that. And you know, I can't remember who said it. It's, um, but it's, it's a quote that I'm obsessed with. It's, uh, it was like sooner or later, people are going to know that like who you are, but I, I put it into sooner or later, you're going to get caught being yourself. Oh, and I was like, you might as well just try to be yourself all the time and let people know that you screw up all the time and talk about it. Because if you try to act perfect, that's when you'll get called out. If people know, like, I'm imperfect, I'm going to do this wrong. Like, I think that's been from the start of light pink. I'm like, lady, like, I'm going to not do everything right. I'm probably going to screw up. I might make some big monetary mistakes. And I'm just going to say it from the start that I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure I do this right. And that's all that you can do. That's literally all that you can do. So true. And I got to repeat that one more time. Sooner or later, you're going to be caught being yourself. And that that speaks volumes in terms of in a really good way and a reminder that we're not perfect. And that that's beautiful. I love that you shared that. It makes me just think like, okay, so... I'm going to have to put the good and the bad and the ugly out there and and be okay with it. So I, I love that you said that. Okay, I have one more final question for you. And that is that 
A lot of people that are listening, they are entrepreneurs either in the start of their journey or they've been at it for a while and they're juggling a lot of things. They're making things happen. They're either creating their first digital course or maybe even venturing into a physical product. They're trying new stuff. And some days they're like, is all this hard work worth it? Is this really worth it? And they, a lot of people who would say that listening, they haven't really gotten to reap the rewards of all their hard work yet. And you're kind of in the place right now that you're not yet making millions and millions and, and, and impacting lives with your new product. You're not no. there yet. You're in the medi- <laughs> messy middle. Mm-hmm. So how on the days that you're like, is this all, is this hard work all worth it? How do you justify it? Uh, this, I mean, this is the question I'm sitting in daily right now. And I will tell you, if I have learned anything, you know, Amy, I've like been an uh, entrepreneur now for a while, uh, like almost 15 years um, since like our first online product. And I will tell you that everything is hard. All of it was hard and all of it is so time consuming. And being an entrepreneur, you now don't get the luxury of stopping work. It just follows you everywhere. It follows you to Hawaii. You have no choice. Like it's (laughs) not stopping. So with that, I have come to the conclusion as a human being that we are not happy unless we are productive in some way, not all the time, but productive and creating something or working on something or a part of something bigger than us. And I always say, well, if it, like, if that's, if that's the truth, which it has been the truth for me historically, if I am not looking forward to something or creating something, then I actually don't feel content or happy. And I've let that be okay. Cause there has been a huge, um, I think there's been a lot of conversation around like, well, what is enough or, you know, when will you ever be okay or enough? I won't ever be okay, not creating. And I've come to that conclusion that I am a creator. And with that said, I say, okay, well then you get, you get to create right now. And I think that that for me is like, when I get overwhelmed, when I'm like, is this worth it? I'm like, what would you, how would you feel if you didn't have a project, you didn't get to create and you weren't working on something or you didn't get to impact lives? Like, would you really be happy laying on a beach? Maybe some people can say yes. I can honestly tell you, no, I would love it for a week. I would drink all the pina coladas and then I'd start (laughs) to cry. Like, yes. Yes. So I think it's just like what we get to do and we are, we are we are better, happier, more content when we are learning, when we are, you know, getting to grow as human beings. And I just, I've never been more stretched in my entire life. It's never been harder. I've never cried more. I've never wanted to say, screw it and move to an island more, but I've also never been more proud of myself, been more clear on the woman I am, been more clear that I am here to blaze a trail and help other women. And that to me is like, it just helps me put it into perspective. And all of our stress is created by our own brain. So it's the ultimate, it is uh, the ultimate opportunity to heal all of my old wounds and the ultimate opportunity to really watch how our brains create stress and to see how much of that I can start to learn to work with and master. Ah. Oh. Amen. Such a great way to wrap this up. I totally feel you on that. And I love that you shared that. So tell me this, where can my listeners get their hands on your delicious new beverage, Light Pink, and find out more about you? 
Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been, I I will tell you, there will be moments where um, on your journey, things like this will remind you of your why. And I'm so grateful for this today because having conversations with other women is what reminds me of why this is so important to me and why to do it. So um, you can go to lightpink.com. That's L-I-T-E-P-I-N-K.com. And of course on Instagram, that's just at drink light pink. And that's pretty much where we are hanging out, where everything is happening right now. Perfect. Well, I will definitely be following along and being your biggest fan in all of this. I actually got to taste it a while ago. Um, I've since moved to Nashville, but what right before I left California, I got a package. Absolutely delicious, my friend. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, both the alcoholic one and the non-alcoholic. So I'm really excited when this comes out into the world. I'll be celebrating you absolutely. And congratulations for being in the messy middle and still showing up. I can't wait to see what you create. Oh, I adore you. Thank you so much because I listen to your podcast and it really helps me um, get into a marketing brain with light pink. So thank you. You don't even know you're helping me. I love it. Oh my goodness. All right, I'll talk to you soon and thanks again. loved most about this conversation is that Lori showed how hard it is. And I don't think when you are starting anything from scratch, it's going to be easy. I think it's a pipe dream to even think that it would be. I love her honesty around this. And I love that she's in the messy middle. We rarely get to talk to people that are in the messy middle, right? They usually always are way beyond all the heartbreak and the frustrations and the worries. And so it's not as raw when they talk about it. But you could hear in Lori's voice. She's like, whoa, I'm in it right now. And I think that's fantastic to hear from that perspective. I want to have more people on the show that are in the messy middle so that we can really figure out what it's like to do the thing. So I'll keep that in mind for future episodes. Also, I love that she shared some tips about getting creative and managing your mindset. So very helpful. Lori is so knowledgeable when it comes to being an entrepreneur and staying true to who you are. And she's also got so much experience. And I really hope that you found something in this episode that you can use right away. I know I did. So thank you for joining me here today. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.